Well, hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast, where we share tips, tricks, tools, and strategies that you can implement in your life for massive improvements. Every week, we have change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. So the way that I think about astrology is that at the moment of your birth, when you took that first breath, it's almost like if you took your phone and you took a screenshot of the sky, everything in the heavens was in a specific configuration, the sun, the moon, Venus, Mars, Mercury, Saturn, Jupiter, they were in a specific place in the sky. It's time to get ready for a celestial voyage like no other. In this captivating podcast, we dive deep into the universe of astrology, self-discovery and empowerment with Amanda Walsh, the brilliant mind behind Astrology Hub. Imagine the stars mapping your life's journey. Amanda unveils how this cosmic blueprints shape your uniqueness and emotional path. It's a cosmic GPS guiding you to authenticity amidst societal noise. But this journey goes beyond horoscopes. Amanda unravels the age of Aquarius, where inner power replaces old norms and personal growth becomes our cosmic destiny. We'll explore shadows, rise in personal authority and even receive a sun, moon and rising report for a personalized cosmic roadmap. As our voyage concludes, remember your unique self-discovery is transformational and the real magic lies in embracing your true self. So buckle up as Amanda Walsh illuminates the dance between the stars and personal growth, inspiring your own journey of awareness, empowerment and cosmic connection. Enjoy. So good morning or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what side of the world you are at at this very moment. We have a special guest. We have the lovely Amanda Walsh. Welcome to the show. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here with you. Thanks. I'm super thrilled that you're here, and I'm super thrilled about the topic that we are going to unpack today. So the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our guest, our beautiful guest, to share this story. So Amanda, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, (laughs) it's a long story or a short story, but essentially uh, I had never even given astrology a thought like up until age about 33. And it just was one of those things where you see horoscopes in the back of Vogue or whatever, and it was entertaining, but I literally gave it no thought. 
And I, I actually was a little bit snobby about it. It was kind of like, you're trying to tell me everyone born in January is just like me. Like that is, that can't be true. And that doesn't make any sense. So I had totally written it off and I really didn't even give it very much energy. I like, I can't even say I was a critic because I literally didn't give it any energy. I made a huge life change after like when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I was living in New York city in Manhattan. I was running a multi-million dollar business. I was traveling all the time. I was working 80 hours a week when, before I had children, this was all fine. And I loved it. It was fun. I was building this business, you know, and it was very exciting. But then once I had my daughters, it be every day that I decided to go and travel and be away from them. It was like, is this worth it? Like, is what I'm doing worth it anymore? And I kept coming to the point of no, like it's not worth it. I don't really feel passionate about what I'm doing anymore. I don't really want to be doing this. So there were these really deep undercurrents of change brewing in me. And I was feeling very called to, to follow the path of my heart or my soul. I didn't even really know what that meant at the time, but there was something in me that was saying I was not on the right path, that I was not my, the trajectory of my life wasn't going to bring me where I wanted to go. And I needed to make a change. And it felt like I needed to make a really big change. It wasn't like, oh, I'll just like switch careers in the same, you know, vibe. I'll, you know, I'll just do something a little bit different or I'll work for a different company or whatever. It was, I needed to like literally hit restart and do something very dramatic. <laughs> so I'm living in Manhattan and all of this is brewing within me. And I'm definitely giving you a summary version. And I decided with my husband at the time, we decided to just basically start all over, sell everything we owned, move to Hawaii, which was a place that had always called to our soul. My grand plan was to just start something online. I didn't know what that would be, but I wanted, I knew what I wanted the qualities of that to be. I knew I wanted it. I wanted to feel passionate about it. I wanted it to utilize my unique gifts and skills, and I wanted it to help people. Like I wanted it to have a positive impact on the world. And I wanted to be able to take care of my family while I did it. So those are my criteria. And, and what it was going to be was a big, huge question mark. But I was felt confident that I could do something, right? So we move, we do it. <laughs> we moved to Hawaii. And, um, and that's actually when everything began to fall apart. Like literally guttural transformation. I ended up getting a divorce from my college sweetheart with now two young girls, financial like ruins would kind of be an understatement. We moved to Hawaii with some savings. The plan again was to like start something. Everything I tried to start, nothing worked, nothing stuck, nothing was moving. And so that I was watching the bank account dwindle and just, you know, and so basically verge of bankruptcy is where I would put myself. At. And this is like, two or three years into this transformational process. I'm giving you the like very Cliff Notes version. During this breakdown, I had a friend, actually someone that I used to work with in New York who said, I just had this astrology reading. The woman's in Hawaii somewhere. I think that you would really like it. And I went, okay, <laughs> I'll try it. I trust you. I trust your judgment. I'll try it. So I looked the woman up. Not only is she in Hawaii, but she's on the same island as me. Not only is she on the same island as me, but she's literally 10 minutes down the road. So I set up the astrology reading. 
I show up in this woman's home. We have tea. It's so sweet and warm. And she has this piece of paper on her desk and it has a circle and some lines and squiggles. It is total gibberish to me. And she starts to read it. And it is like she is speaking into the depths of my soul. She is able to articulate aspects of myself that I can't even articulate, that like the closest people to me don't really know. She's able to look at my chart and tell me about my father, about my mother, about my children. And I'm like, whoa, this is mind blowing. Like this is literally blowing my mind, but touching my heart so deeply. I sat there with tears streaming down my face. And I had 13 years of Catholic school. And then I went from 13 years of Catholic school to like studying world religions in college. And then to getting my master's in psychology because I was really asking this question of like, why are we here? What is the point? What is going on here? You know? And so I was, I had always been seeking those answers, but this was the first time, Catherine, that I felt like I got a glimpse into God, like into this divine intelligence that was so much bigger than myself that I could never possibly understand, but that it was, it was there. And there was this purpose for my life. And I was able to reconnect with a sense of like magic, you know, that, that kind that you have when you're a child and you're like, the world feels alive and magical and you can like do anything. And so I was able to tap into that aspect of myself, which was amazing. I was hooked. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I became very good friends with the woman who gave me the reading. To this day, I call her my fairy godmother. Like she is one of my deep, dear soul sisters. And I started to look online and follow different horoscopes. The Leo King at the time was doing like daily horoscopes by sign. I like, I tuned into them religiously because I was going through such a dark night of the soul. I mean, dark night of the soul, it needs to be renamed to dark years of the soul, dark months of the soul, you know, whatever. It was a lot. And so it became a lifeline. It became a lighthouse. It became this, this, I, I had this sense of like, there is some reason why I'm going through this. I felt like the biggest failure. You know, my parents are still married after 50 years. I was going through this divorce. The whole plan for my life was unraveling in very epic ways. My whole life looked like a disaster in this period of time. And astrology just helped me feel connected to a deeper sense of purpose through it all. And that I would come out okay, not only okay, but better than ever, that I was on my path, that it was sort of by design. I didn't like have this massive epic failure. I mean, I, I felt like that at the time still, but it was telling me, you know, it's okay. Like you, you're going to get through this and you're going to be better than ever. So that's how I fell in love with astrology. One night I was at my friend's house. We were talking astrology because we always were talking astrology at the time. And her husband, who was a digital marketer, was sitting on the couch, overhearing us. He looks up from his computer and he says, I bought this domain name, Astrology Hub, several years ago. And I've just been like sitting on it, waiting for someone to do something with it. And I raised my hand and I went, I'll do it. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know we didn't have a plan, nothing. But it was like, whatever that is, is what I need to do because I'm passionate about it. Building things is super fun for me. Like I love building things from the ground up. So I think it'll utilize my gifts and skills. And I know it helps people because it's helped me. And I think that I could build something viable out of it. Like anything that has intrinsic value 
people will pay for something that has intrinsic value, right? Because, because it has value in their life. So that was the beginning. And then that was seven years ago. And I can go through the details of, you know, the building of the business, but it just, it like took off and had a, a, it had a life of its own and it wasn't no right away. It was a side hustle for a while. And then eventually it became something that I could dedicate my time to. And so it's been a, an amazing journey um, and, and a lot of fun and a lot of work and a lot of all of it. Wow. <laughs> wow. And in a nutshell. I, I feel like sharing your story, I had goosebumps actually, because it's, it's, it's like everything aligned for it to happen. Like you were in Hawaii, you met this lady, um, you were then, you, you know, fast forward ahead of time, you were with a friend speaking about astrology and the, there's this guy, uh, her partner obviously said, oh, I've got this URL. So it's all, it was destined to happen, destined to happen. It and can you see that in your chart now? Um. Yes, I can definitely see it in my chart now and specifically in this place, at least for the beginning. So I don't know, you're probably aware of this, Catherine, but the, but your community might not be as aware that there are, there are spots on the planet so that the, the planet has energetic lines and you and your unique blueprint interacts with the different energies on the planet differently. And so when you look at me specifically in Hawaii, there is this expansive, literal, sky-based building community. Um, astrology is written all over it. And so it's definitely in my chart, definitely in my chart here. Uh, but it really a big part of my life path is to connect in with sort of more esoteric ideas, ground it and build community around it. And you can see that energetic signature and that's why it worked. And that's why even what I was doing in New York, I was building community in my company. Like we called it family. Like it, it felt like that. I was working with technology, which is very Aquarian, which is what I'm sort of referring to in, in um, my chart. But it didn't have the spiritual component. It didn't have that esoteric connection which is essential for me in order to feel purposeful. I can be successful, but I won't be purposeful. And when I'm purposeful, I'm even, it's even better, you know, for anyone that's true. So yes. A hundred percent, because there's more depth with when you're doing something that's more purposeful, there's more meaning to it. There's more uh, natural drive rather yes. than, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing this in, as in dropping into my heart because it is, it's not of the head. You know, I think that sometimes right. we get caught up in business. I'm very much like you. I have to have a spiritual component to what I do. Otherwise, yes. I don't feel grounded. I don't feel purposeful in what I do. Right. I love the way that you actually were talking about placement as well, because there is, uh, dependent on, um, like, for example, I was born in France yes. and I was having a conversation with a friend that for, for some time I was thinking about moving back to France and it's still there, but it's more so about what you speak about. It's when I'm there, I feel energized. It's almost like when you plug your phone into the socket, that energy, yes. it's, it's, it's almost this vibrational frequency that I experience that I don't experience anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So I love the fact that you talked about that. 
Well, and it's interesting because different places on the planet bring out different aspects of you. So depending on what you want to bring out in a specific time of life. So if you want to bring, uh, if you want to start a family, there are places on the planet that would be more conducive for that. If you want to find your soulmate, if you, um, if you really want a career focus during a period of time, you want to build something, you want to grow something then there are certain places. So that's this it's called astrocartography, which I know you know, Catherine, but it, it is the study of that where an astrologer can look and say, okay, here's your chart, here's your design, and here are your power places on the planet, depending on what you want to experience. Some in some places, maybe you want to go and have quietude and you want to meditate and you want to find spirituality, you want to find God. There would be a different place than the place that they, an astrologer might say is great for, you know, building your career, for example. So mm-hmm. it's, it is fascinating to dive into for yourself personally. And just, I think it's essential. Like if anyone's considering a move or even a vacation or, you know, a place where they might go to meet their soulmate, there's a story of, uh, of a woman who got a, an astrology reading from one of the astrologers that we work with. And he looked at a place on the planet. It was Canada, I think, and was like, a specific part of Canada. And he said, this, this place is so hot for you. Like this is, you're going to find a soulmate so quickly in this place. She literally met him getting off the plane. She met the soulmate and it's like, whoa, that's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. It is mind blowing. So for our audience, cause I'm, I know that there's a lot of different, uh, I guess, belief systems around astrology. Some people say it's woo-woo. Some people say yeah. there's a science. There's some people quite skeptical about the whole science of astrology. So let's um, go to the, um, and I would love to understand more about the approach of just describing the foundation for our audience. Like what specifically is astrology? astrology and, and and what are they what would they expect to get out of astrology reading because you were talking about when you had it i mean obviously i know that you've got the circle and the houses and the planets and um but maybe from your uh, viewpoint uh explain the foundations of astrology and how do you deal with skepticism in astrology yeah. um great questions okay so the way that i think about astrology is that At the moment of your birth, when you took that first breath, it's almost like if you took your phone and you took a screenshot of the sky, everything in the heavens was in a specific configuration, the sun, the moon, Venus, Mars, Mercury, Saturn, Jupiter, they were in a specific place in the sky based on the time, the date, and the location. Very important. These bodies are energetic frequencies. They emit energetic frequencies. Those energetic frequencies, so that screenshot of the sky is like, boom. It's like this snapshot, this blueprint that you embody. You are a the configuration of these energetic frequencies. Okay, so that's the moment in time of your birth, right? Then they keep moving and you start to go through your life. As they move, they actually engage with that blueprint design that you have 
and pull out different experiences. They they bring different. It's an it's an energetic magnetic um, pull that puts you in certain places that that has you meet certain people that has you have specific experiences as you go through life because that's part of your soul's path. Like that is what your soul came to experience here in this incarnation. So it elicits these different aspects and and opportunities for growth. Now, is it all predestined? Is it scripted? Do you have free will? How does that all work? To me, there are absolute like things that you came here to experience. However, you get to decide how you respond to the different things that happen in your life. So there are moments in time that are basically destined, like me meeting that the the man that I began astrology hub with, which I ended up buying him out a few years into it, which was perfect and amicable and amazing. But that was a that was a destiny moment for me. Actually, the divorce period and that whole breakdown period was a destiny moment for me. Now, I could have not answered that call of my soul, stayed in New York City, stayed in the place that I knew wasn't right for me. I still would have gone through a transformation. It just would have been very different. It would have, it would have been a very different transformational experience because that period of time in my life, if any astrologer were to look at that period of time in my life, they're like, they would look at it and go, what happened then? What transformation were you going through then? Okay. So basically the planets move, they're eliciting all this, these experiences, and we have the choice of how we engage with it. So to me, astrology is having an awareness of both that initial blueprint, that initial design, the the the, the seed. So if there was a, an acorn seed, it's it's going to grow into an oak tree. How big of an oak tree? How how um, healthy of an oak tree? You know, all that stuff is. But it's going to be an oak tree, right? We are also like that. We have this seed with all these like potentials in us, and we're going to grow into something. Having an idea of what. The highest expression of that something is, is really helpful as like a navigation point as you go throughout life. Then having an understanding of the timing of the way that your your soul's path is going to unfold is also very helpful so that you can know like, okay, this is going to be a a real period of transformation in my life. How do I want to engage with that? What resources might I want to bring in to support me through that? Um, you know, am I ready for that? Do I even really want to opt in for that? Or am I going to like kind of put my head in the sand and be like, no, I'm not interested in that. These are all choices, right? So to me, it gives you awareness that enables choice and with choice comes freedom. And so you're, you're designing your life. You're designing the way that you want to live your, your highest expression or your, your, your potential is really what it is. Then there's all kinds of astrology. So that's, that's the main way that I engage with it. But like you can apply those same things I just said to finances. For example, there are financial tides that are coming and going. Astrologers can read those. They engage with your chart in a specific way. You can work with an astrologer to ride the waves to decide when not to invest. For example, when to buy a house, when not to buy a house, you know, in terms of a timing tool, it's super powerful. Uh, same kinds of things. So you have a chart. So does your partner. How does your chart engage with your partner's chart? And where are the, the opportunities there? Where are the potential pitfalls? 
having that awareness, again, it enables choice. It enables awareness. It enables you to engage with it consciously. And that's what I love about astrology. Uh, I don't engage too much in the whole debate. So essentially the way that I see it is what I'm saying right now either resonates with you or you're listening going, this girl's crazy. Either way, it's totally fine. Like if you're resonating, then it's speaking to you because you're ready to hear it. You're, you're part of your design is to understand it potentially. If you're listening and going, this girl's off her rocker, then I'm not going to try and convince you. You know what I'm saying? It's just, and I also, my, my love loves to say that the mango, when the mango's ripe, it's ripe. You can't force ripeness. You know, like, you know, and this is true of any fruit tree. And he, he uses the mango because we have abundant mangoes drippings from trees here. And uh, it's true. It's like if you tr- if you pick the fruit too early, it doesn't taste good. And it's, it's actually inedible. But if you get it at the right time, it is the sweetest, juiciest, most amazing fruit you've ever had. And that's how we all are with everything in our lives. You know, we're we're ready for things when we're ready for them. I wasn't ready for astrology when I was 30, which is really only 15 years ago. You know, so like, and then when I was ready, I was ready. And that was that. Yeah. The reason I ask is when I speak uh, about astrology, there's this misconception. And I think it's because of, you know, reading it in magazines or newspapers. I look at my star sign and it tells me I'm going to do this and it's not true. And I'm like, don't even read that because it's, it's, it's unique to your individual chart and this is why it's really important to understand that like and i'm glad that you brought it up it is it's like your time of birth your place of birth um and um yeah and and to understand what that is it's not and this is why it's really important to take away that uh uh misconception of astrology because it is a science and it is amazing like uh for I think for personal growth and evolution uh but like you were also saying like even with relationships as well understand it because you have more compassion when you understand if your partner's a little bit more secretive because he's got Scorpio moon and Scorpio ascended whatever that may be and you go okay that's probably why rather than sit there and go why they're not telling me this and why they've been so secretive there's a this is there's an understanding which then makes you more amicable to one another yes it makes you more you don't take it as personal yes it's it's not like oh he's acting like that because of me it's like actually no that's him and how can I respect and honor the way he is and respect and honor the way I am so that uh we can we can really cherish each other for for who we are not who I want that person to be right uh, th- and I'd love to speak to what you just brought up because anybody that's relatively open, I love to talk about how astrology has been around for thousands of years. This is not some like new age flash in the pan kind of thing. You literally can go back to Babylonia and find charts like it is ancient and it has it has always been a huge part of people's lives until very recently. And even, oh, I didn't even talk about medical astrology. So doctors back in the day were trained in astrology because that same unique design you have also gives clues and insights into your health. And so a doctor would know your design so they can actually prescribe the right thing for you and really help to fortify your health. So it's been around for thousands of years. It has been very misunderstood. 
it has been very watered down. The other thing is it used to be only available to the royalty, to the kings and queens, because in order to practice astrology, you had to be the highest level of mathematician. You had to be highly educated. You uh, had to be both educated in astronomy and astrology because they didn't have computers. Like now we can run charts with a couple of clicks, just knowing the key information. They had to do all that by hand. And so it was a very um, elite class of people who had access to the information and they had their court astrologers. They had the astrologers they, and they would use astrology to see a lot of the time it was based on timing. When do we go to war? When do we not go to war? When do we, um, you know, when should we have the coronation? You know, they they made key decisions about things that they had to do based on the astrological timing. And they had court astrologers. When the court astrologers weren't right, that, that was definitely not a good thing for the court astrologer. But it was it was it was held for a certain class of people. The commoners, the people like us, we didn't have access to astrology. It's only been recent that it's been available to the masses, and that's because of technology. Mm, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes. I'd love to, um, uh, you mentioned about with astrologists, sometimes they can look at it, the financial market, you know, whether it's a good time to buy or not a good time to yeah. buy. So I'd love mm -hmm. to maybe unpack some of these transit that we are, as a collective are about to experience over the next, let's say four, six months or so. What would be some of those transit that you would like to share with us? Well, I think I'll probably shy away from the financial ones. So we do have a whole um, quarterly financial outlook that we do at Astrology Hub. It's taught by a financial astrologer. He's really skilled in that. It's definitely an art and there's specific kinds of astrologers who focus on it. Uh, but one of the things that's going to affect all of us is the Venus retrograde in Leo. So you probably all hear the word retrograde, retrograde and have maybe varying degrees of understanding of what that means. Mercury retrograde has become a buzzword. When you hear the word, and Mercury is only one planet that goes retrograde. They, they all go retrograde. And it doesn't really mean that they go backwards in the sky. It just looks like that from the Earth's perspective. And I'm not going to get into the technical de details of that. But essentially what retrograde periods enable us to do is become more retrospective. So think of any reword, rewind, revisit, revise. Um, uh, can, can you think of a few more? I'm like, like off the top of my head, those are the ones that are coming, but it's basically any sort of redo. And what it means is that during that period of time, depending on which planet is a retrograde, there's different aspects of your life that are asking for a more retrospective energy. So you're maybe going back and revising things, maybe going back and revisiting and rewriting or re-strategizing. And so when Venus is retrograde, Venus is very much about our romantic lives, for sure. Also about our own value and what we value. So when Venus is retrograde, which is going to be a, a pretty prolonged period of time, um, depending on where you are, are in the world, uh, winter into spring or summer into fall. It's this opportunity to step back and evaluate how you're being valued. Is 
the way that you're valuing yourself, the way you're valuing yourself in your business, the way you're valuing yourself in your relationships, the way you're valuing yourself in your home, is it in alignment with what you truly feel your value is? This is a great period of time to really step back and make some changes there to like go, you know what? I'm undercharging, for example. My, I feel I've grown, I've grown, I am selling myself short. I feel depleted because of it. I feel resentful because of it. So how can I bring that into alignment with what I feel my value truly is? This was, this is a great question to ask yourself during retrograde, uh, Venus retrograde specifically. Also, uh, in my, my romantic relationships, am I valuing myself in a way that feels aligned with my value? Is my partnering, is my partner valuing you? How can I help my partner value me in a way that I feel is in alignment with who I am? All these things are perfect to be asking during this time. There could be some endings. Sometimes during a retrograde period, things end. But usually that doesn't stick. <laughs> so it's like it might end, but that might just be because there needs to be a reform, a revising that then you're you come back together in a different place. So this is just one of the aspects that will be happening. And of course, it depends on your chart. So Venus will be retrograde in Leo. So if you are a Leo, this would be uh, affecting you maybe more than someone who is not a Leo. But there's several other placements in the chart that this would be specifically relevant for in specific ways. So that's just one example. Mm, I love that. And it is really important uh, to, and I think values is not, it's one of those things that people don't really invest enough time asking themselves what's important to me. And when you were talking about it, I just got the picture of the death card in tarot and the lover's card. Uh, because mm -hmm. when you were saying sometimes it might end, but not end, but it, it's a transformation piece, right? It, it, it's yes. it's like I can no longer move forward in our relationship as it is. Yes. But what do we need to change? And what is it that is important to the both of us for us to make those changes? So that's the death card. It's the death of one way for us to um, transform what we have into something new. So I love that. I love, there's a practice that I love to do in the value reassessment process, which is to look at my calendar and my bank account, because what I'm spending my time on and what I'm spending my money on is what I'm, I'm asserting is what I value, right? So I could say I value self-care. I could say I value um, my children. I could say I value all these things, right? But if I spend no time or money on self-care, if I'm neglecting my children, you know, then I don't actually value it. I, I'm not in alignment. So how can I bring my time and my money in alignment with what I know I value? And, and really just taking time to, to be honest and, and self-reflect, reflect that these are all retrograde words. When Mercury is retrograde, it's very much around the way that we think. So it would be, how am I thinking about things in a way that isn't aligned with myself? How am, like, what self-dialogue do I have that is old and outdated and needs to be revised? 
So there's, there's so many ways to work with the astrology in a very like tangible, constructive way. And what I love about it, I call it the cosmic curriculum, because when you apply it, it's so intelligent. It covers all aspects of life. It, 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 it helps you to shine a spotlight on all these different areas of your life at different moments in time so that it's all covered. You know, like if you really just followed it, you're like, there's never going to be a time where you totally forget about your financial reality and, you know, don't, don't pay attention to things like being really in debt and all that. Because if you pay attention to astrology, there will be times carved out where it is about looking at your debt. It is about revising your will, for example, or, uh, you know, really making sure that you're, you're, you're putting some energy in those areas of life. So I just, I love it as a, as a curriculum to, to walk through life with and know that our bases are covered. I love the way that you call it curriculum. I, I was had a smile on my face when you're talking about Mercury retrograde because there is a lot of people and it is thrown around a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, purely because of like, um, you know, when uh, uh, the internet has a bit of a fault or, or you know, a plane is like people go, oh, that's Mercury retrograde, but they don't think about the archetype itself. It's about communication. It's about thinking. It's And also depending on where it is on your chart. So there's so much to it. Um, yes. Absolutely. And the other thing I was thinking about is when you were talking about self-care, I love the fact that you use the bank account and your calendar as a way to um, uh, revisit where you're investing your time. And mm-hmm. um, I did this little exercise. It's called the emotional bank account. And it's not for me. It's from a gentleman called St- Stephen Covey. He's now uh, passed yes. away or transitioned. Transition- transitioned I can't say it into life I love saying um graduated he's graduated Graduated. he's graduated yes yes but the way that he talks about it is have a look at the and you can do this for yourself so what are my deposits and what are my withdrawals so you were talking about self-care and then you can also do it with your partner which I've done which is really an interesting exercise because what I deemed as my deposits um, I, uh, we, we decided one day, let's do it for a week, write down the deposits and withdrawals. And then on a Friday night, we'll get together with a glass of wine, have a look at our emotional bank accounts and see where we're at. Well, Amanda, wow. all the things I had in there were not deposits. So it really opened up a dialogue. You mean, you mean, you, mean your partner didn't regard them as deposits? No. So my, what I presumed it, cause I was traveling a lot at the time, the deposits were yeah. things like, taking the bins out, which I don't like doing, uh, picking up dry cleaning, um, cooking, these kind of things, which I thought were deposits were absolutely not one was a deposit. So when you were talking about the, the, the calendar and the bank account, it's, it's yeah. it just, I thought of the emotional bank account, which is an amazing exercise to do, but you have to be well, willing yes. to receive the feedback. Yes. Well, because what you did was got clear on what your partner actually values. So now you can double down on those things and probably stop doing some of those things that you don't enjoy anyways, but you thought that they, they were being valued, but they, but they actually weren't so much. And there's probably a whole handful of things that you could do that you probably would enjoy more is my guess that would be considered valuable. So yes. And again, so this Venus retrograde time, it's the cosmic curriculum saying, hey, like get aligned, get aligned with yourself, get aligned with your partner, get aligned with your, your employees or your teammates, you know, whatever it is. And, um, this is a perfect slice of time to do it. And the Mercury retrograde thing, I mean, 
the communication piece. So Mercury is very much about communication, as you know. And so, yes, communication can break down. So the way that I think about it is, you know, there's a tendency for this. So be it's basically saying if you're signing a contract during Mercury retrograde, cross your T's and dot your I's. Don't rush it. Take time because there will be a tendency to overlook things. There will be a tendency to, you know, buy the new car. <laughs> I love this. One of the astrologers we work with uses the example of like you you drive by the car lot you fall in love with the Porsche that you've always wanted. You drive home and then you go, oh my God, I have three kids and a dog. Like, what was I thinking? That was this, that, that was not an intelligent purchase. So it's really like, don't do those impulsive things. Think things through. Know that there's a tendency to not think things through and try like safeguard yourself against that. And again, it depends on your chart. So if you had Mercury in retrograde at the moment of your birth, it actually could be a great time for you to sign contracts. It could be another astrologer we work with said she had a client who was a uh, real estate investor um, agent and he had Mercury retrograde in his chart and he knew whenever Mercury re went retrograde, that was when he would close all of his deals. It actually worked in opposite for him that instead of things sort of going backwards for him, things would go forward for him. So again, it's sort of, it's it's a combination of like, yes, there are collective things we all experience, but it also is unique to how your chart is tooled, right? 100%. And so collectively, is there anything else that you would like to speak to, about in regards to transit? Because I know a hot topic at the moment is the whole Pluto going from yeah Capricorn yes. uh, Aquarius back into a Capricorn from yes. a collective point of view how do you see that because obviously it is I always look at it and you know I've had this conversation a chart it's really it's like a tarot reading it's really what pops up for you uh, as mm -hmm. you see it and so everyone mm -hmm. will interpret uh, the energy of the archetypes in a very different way depending on your experience in your connection with them as well I feel mm -hmm. yeah so yes. what's your take on it yeah well uh, so essentially, Pluto in Aquarius, which we've had a glimpse of. So it's hard without getting too technical, and I don't want to do that. We have had a glimpse into the future. We have had a glimpse into where things are going, and I'm going to ground that a little bit. Things like the fast and furious emergence of AI, for example. But not only AI as a concept, but but people in business going, oh, whoa, okay, I actually see how I could use this. Uh, and, and then all the things that brings up, like all the, the opportunity, but also all the things that might be concerning about it. We've had a glimpse into that potential. Pluto moving into Aquarius, which it will do officially. We've, we, so the way that the planets have been moving is we've like gotten a taste of it. And now we're going back into the energy that where it was before. And then we're going to get a taste of it again. Then we're going to go back. And then eventually it will be, of the reality that we have for like 24 years, right? Massive expansion in air travel and um, space travel and exploring new frontiers, building new types of communities, um, new ways. It's, it's very innovative. It's very cutting edge. So one of the a more practical guidance that astrologers are giving is don't be afraid to learn new things. 
don't be afraid to hit your your um, edge of of learning, especially when it comes to things like technology and what it can enable, and and just keep learning, keep expanding, keep rethinking, uh, because things are going to change dramatically. Like it is written in the stars that the way that we do business, the way that we operate our worlds, we think that we've experienced a lot of change in the last. 20 years, it's going to accelerate and be faster than we can possibly imagine, which I know can make people feel a little bit trepidatious or fearful. Like it can definitely bring up that like, oh God, just stay open and curious. I think that that is, is really um, a big piece of this. Stay curious, stay asking, well, what if, and how could I, and, and maybe, and explore those sort of thought, thought patterns. Um, And also stay stay clear on your values. What am I willing to engage with? What am I not willing to engage with? How can I make sure this st- that I stay aligned with my values while we go in these new directions? Okay. Going back into Capricorn. So basically since 2008, we have been experiencing the breakdown of these structures that we thought were immovable. Things like the financial systems, things like education, things like government, these established, you know, seemingly immovable structures before our very eyes, starting to experience serious cracks in the foundation. I love explaining Pluto and one of our astrologers, Christopher Renstrom's beautiful at explaining this. Pluto basically has us tear up the floorboards of the house and see underneath, do we have rot? Or do we have buried treasure or do we have both? And so we've been doing that in these established structures since 2008. It's not done. That's what this movement of Pluto back and forth and back and forth. We're not done with that process of breakdown. Now, again, that can seem scary, right? But Pluto has, there's so many riches there. There's so much opportunity. So when there's buried treasure, which you can decide, like, yeah, there's some, there's rot in there. I, I actually, I can see that. However, there's also gold. There's also rubies and gems. There's also learning here that we can pull into the new way that we build things, the new way that we approach things. Our, our relationship with leadership, for example, like how can I actually take some leadership back to my own self instead of giving it all away? Instead of giving all my power, Pluto is very much about power. Instead of giving all my power away to these structures that I thought would hold me no matter what, how can I take some of that power back into my own, like into the sphere I can control, right? Capricorn's control. So what, what can I actually control and really taking that authority back? So we're still in this process of, of breakdown. And again, if we choose to see, well, well, what's that illuminating for me? Where is it uh, an opportunity for transformation? So again, it's like, if I left myself vulnerable financially, if I didn't, if I just gave my my power away and trusted the financial advisor and I was given really bad advice, how can I take some ownership of that? How can I take some responsibility for that so that I become stronger in the process and I I don't make the same mistakes. So mm-hmm. we're we're in that that opportunity the way that I see it because 
because it's it's closing up it's finishing up like it's done a doozy of a job like pluto's gone in just basically like bulldozed over so many areas of life right and we now it's like okay what are you what are you going to do with all that how are you going to bring that into your community you know yeah I love the way that you just described that. Sorry, I just uh, interrupted you then when you were finishing speaking. I just love the way that you described it. <clears throat> and I really do feel like it is a, a lead from within. How yes. do you lead the way rather than become a follower? And very much like this shift into the age of Aquarius is like this is a bigger a bigger shift that we're, we're alive for, which is totally magnificent because these huge age shifts happen every like 2,600 years. So to me, I, I, I my personal uh, viewpoint is that we do choose to, when we incarnate very specifically because we want to experience certain things. And to think about the fact that we chose to come here at this time, it's like, wow, like we, we're gamers. Like we came to play because it's not an, e- an easy time to, to be in between, in between energy. So the age of Pisces, which was what we're coming out of, was very much about giving your power away, giving your power away to the guru, giving your power away to the religion, giving your power away to the government, giving your power away. The age of Aquarius is very much about the power within, the God within, the humanity within, and what what that means and what we can do with that and and realizing, recognizing it and living it. So to me, it's it's very much, and then Pluto being so active in all of this is like, okay, here's here's the shadow. Here's where you have been giving your power away. Here's where you are sort of acting a little bit like a little child, going, yeah, you just take care of this. Like, but, but we do that because we think we can't do it ourselves. It's like, you know, oh, they're going to take care of this aspect of my life, and I'm going to give my power to them because I'm not capable, because I don't have what it takes, because I have trauma around that, you know, whatever it is, we have, we all have all kinds of reasons. But in the end, we're being asked to own the parts of ourselves that are ours to own. It's a, it's like a very adulting moment for all of us adults. Mm, I know. And I feel like from a collective point of view, it's really bringing light to the shadow as well as internal for ourselves, bring a lot of light to our own shadows for us to uh, heal and work through and this is why you hear so many people talk about uh wounds and uh pain and uh, a lot more uh than let's say five years ago even mm. and i think the invitation there at least the way that i love to think about it is is to again it's take ownership it doesn't mean that other people didn't have a role to play in whatever that is and there is more power for you in the ownership of it than of the saying in that it's someone else's fault and I'm going to just be stuck here forever. So it's again, the, these Plutonian themes, these, they can, they can depersonalize it in a way because it's like, this is what we're being asked to do. And here's the shadow of it. The shadow of it is to stay stuck in the trauma, to stay stuck in the putting authority outside of yourself. And and that authority even means you have the authority to ruin me. You have the authority to, to hurt me so much that I can't recover from it. Like that's another way of giving our power away. So it's, it's bringing all that into focus. And again, we have choice. How do you want to engage with that? 
It's okay. I don't even want. love the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I love the <laughs> fact that you even say, I know, I'm so sorry. I'm so excited with what you're saying. I'm like, and, and I love the fact you say we have choice. We do have choice. 100% yes. we have choice. And it's really understanding. It's like, what, what are the energies around us and how do I dance with those energies rather yes. than um, be a victim to what is taking place? So it's, yes. it is a real big piece of empowerment and, and, um, the other thing too that I find too, it's like, and there's there's what I've been seeing. There's almost like a split too when you're talking about that. There's still like you're, you're we're still going through that change. I feel like there is that. Um, I can I can see the shadow aspects. I can see that I have given so much of my power away, but I still feel, Amanda, and I'd love to hear your take on it. People just don't know how to take their power back and how to. You know, there's still there's still people like, well, how do I do that? Because I've been doing that for such a long time, giving my power away. How do I take my power back? What do I need to do? Like, how do I do that? So how would you, for people that are listening to this interview, which, by the way, is amazing, I think we ha- have to get you back on the show, um, how do you suggest, let's say, or what kind of tip would you, and that would probably lean into our uh, Three Shiny Golden Nuggets, what could people do as a way to take their power back, to start thinking for themselves, to start being more in control of their life rather than giving their power away and allowing others to control their life? I have a Gemini moon and Gemini is all about asking questions. <laughs> so for me, it's getting curious. It's getting curious. If there's certain patterns that are happening in your life, if you if you keep attracting a person in your life that betrays you, instead of like anger at the person who keeps betraying you, which it's totally justifiable. However, why do I keep attracting people that betray me? Where am I betraying myself? It's becoming aware of the, of the, of the tendency to project out to the external world, what is actually inside of us. We, it's, it's a very convincing illusion that it's about them. It's about the other person. It's about the world. It's about the government. It's about, but really all of these tendencies are within us. And so when you ask the question, when you witness things, and and one of the best things to witness is the things that trigger you, the things that you get so inflamed, you get so angry, you get so frustrated, you get so impatient, you know, whatever it is. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. That is a signal. That's a signal to ask a question. Why is that angering me so much? What does it say about me? Where am I doing the thing I'm very angry about? Where am I, you know, filled with hate? For example, this is not work for the weary. This is the thing. It takes courage to look at these aspects of ourselves. It's not pretty. It's like, oh God, I got, I have that inside of me. Like that's, it's not the thing about me that I want to be aware of necessarily. But in that awareness, again, I'm going to say this again, in that awareness, you finally have choice. You you finally have choice. Do I want to keep feeding that? Or do I want to finally move beyond this pattern? move beyond this tendency, move beyond this, this pit that I've been just circling around over and over and over. And that is what we do. We do, we keep attracting the same kind of people, the same kind of experiences until 
we get it. And then we get it. And it's, it is like you graduate. Like, it's like, oh, wow. I'm finally attracting a very different kind of person. I'm finally attracting a very different type of financial reality. Maybe I graduated, but like, don't forget about all the lessons. Like definitely don't get cocky about it. Like, oh, I'm good. You know, that's, that's actually definitely not a place to go either. But to me, it's get curious, ask the questions. What is that saying about myself? How can I turn that thing that I think is about that other person? How can I ask the question about where I'm doing that myself? And it's not overnight and it's not um, necessarily pretty. Like I said, I mean, when I tell you about the period of time in my life where there was a breakdown, that was a like gloss over of a period of years where I cried every single day. I would go into my car because that was the one place where I could swear. And I would just scream swear words at the top of my lungs because no one could hear it. But it was, it's, it's a, it's a lot to undo our patterning. It's a lot to undo our, um, you know, our conditioning and it's super rewarding. It's super empowering. It's like at each step of the way, you're going to feel more and more yourself. You're going to feel more and more confident and, and clear. And it doesn't mean everything gets easy and you never have any issues, but you can handle them in a new way. You don't feel like life's just battering you around all the time. It's like, all right, I got this. Like I can do hard things. I've done some hard things, but it really is, you know, meeting those dragons within ourselves and and having the courage to do it. I love the way that you describe that. I always say that your external world is a reflection of your internal world. It is. It is always. And it and but that also takes a level of accountability. It's so much easier to blame the world and blame people around you rather Absolutely. than go, what is it that I'm doing that I'm attracting? And if I look at my timeline, the same person Different year, same different shit. costume. Yeah, different costume, right? But it's, <laughs> and the common denominator is me. So, but yes. that that takes accountability because it's so much easier to go. Oh, but he did that, and he did that, and she did that. And... Well, and the world is designed to actually reward us for staying victims. So, you, so one really great question to ask is, what do I get from playing this victim role? So, for example, when I was going through my divorce. There's all kinds of drama involved in this whole divorce, right? There was a period of time where I played the victim card and it was nice. People were so compassionate towards me. People were so like, oh, you poor thing. I like, I feel so sorry for you. You shouldn't have to go through that. And I would feel so like, yeah, you know, like that, that little girl in me was like, yeah, I don't deserve this. And it felt good. But I got to a point where I'm like, God, I'm, I'm milking this. And it's keeping me stuck in a story that actually isn't helping me move beyond this situation. I remember that moment of like, this is aging me. This is toxifying me. This is like, I have to keep telling this story over and over in order to keep getting this attention I'm getting. Do I, like, it doesn't feel good anymore. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. So then I, I flipped it and I just started to either not tell the story, which was really telling the story to myself. I had to, to ask the question, what was my role in this whole thing? And what was I getting out of this dynamic that, that didn't, it, we basically had like a mother child dynamic where like I was the one in control all the time. I was, and, and, and that is in the end kind of what, what bit me because 
the child decided to rebel against mommy. And again, I'm talking archetypally, like this was a grown man. And he's, you know, these, but the dynamic was definitely, I was, I was the mother hen taking care of everything. So I was resentful. He was like angry because I was this oppressive mother and, you know, so I had to become aware of that, but astrology helped me so much. I cannot even tell you. It helped me so much to become aware of my personal tendency towards that dynamic. And I remember when Natasha, my dear fairy godmother, astrologer friend was like, what do you get from that? Why do you keep doing that in your relationships? And I went, oh, wow. It enables me to control everything. And I feel more comfortable when I'm in control. And that was this moment of like, oh, wow. Like I did this. I did it because I needed to have, I needed to get this point where I'm now aware of it. I don't do it anymore. Like if I even sense it in any sort of my, in any of my dynamics, I go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not the mom. I don't want to be the mom. You are your own person. I want to empower you to make your own decisions, you know? So it's, um. It's amazing. It's, it's beautiful that we have these things. And to me, it's like, we probably have carried these things through many, many, many lifetimes. And why not take care of it now? Like, do I really want to have that many more lifetimes of this dynamic? Not really. I'd rather experience something totally new. So I think that, of course, I'm going to say astrology enables that kind of awareness, but there's a lot of tools, you know, human design, which is based on astrology, but human design and certain psychological testing. And there's certain things that enable for me, astrology is like the ultimate tool that helps you see it all, but it just depends on what resonates for you and, and where you're drawn. I love that. I love it. Um, it's it, well, one, I relate to it as the mother archetype. I've been doing a lot of um, uh, many years ago, I really got into Cole Young and really did a lot of work on yes. the archetypes and realized I was the mother archetype. Um, and then what you're talking about, secondary gain. So we, there's always a secondary gain when we get stuck in our stories. There's yes. what am I gaining from keeping this story alive? Like whether it's attention or people looking after me or which or is financial support. Yes. I mean, like th- there's a lot of like things set up where like it works to stay in the story that you, you are, you know, you, you aren't in control of your finances. Yeah. Like it definitely, it can actually physically pay to stay in that story. So then it's like, well, where is that story also trapping me though? Where is it not allowing me to step up into my fullest potential? Where do I feel handcuffed by this story? And all these questions, again, it's that self-inquiry. For me, self-inquiry is really, really, really powerful and and yields a lot of gifts. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, I am conscious of your time. Um, I did want to, because uh, we did talk about it before uh, we came on the show, just for our audience, um, um, if you want to, and I highly recommend, absolutely. And I know, Amanda, you'll talk more about it. You only need three bits of details, which is your date, your place, and your time of birth. That's it. You don't have to give anything else. Um, and then you'll get a beautiful uh, view of your blueprint, what you've come here to learn and experience. But I'm going to pass it over to Amanda. If you can talk about what you would like to offer, and then we'll go into our three shiny golden nuggets. What would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our audience? Perfect. Okay. So it's a free sun, moon, and rising report, which is basically going to give you a lot more insight into your sun sign. So that your zodiac sign, 
you're a Leo, you're a Libra, you're an Aquarius, whatever. It's also going to give you insight into your moon sign. And your moon is where you feel like if you're emotionally triggered, you go into your moon. So again, I'm a Gemini moon. So when I'm emotionally triggered, I need to talk it out. I need to talk to someone. If you're a Sagittarius moon, like my partner is, he needs space. He needs he needs to go out and move his body and be in nature and be alone. And so understanding that about me and him is great because I used to take it personally. Why doesn't he want to talk to me? I need to talk. And so now I go, oh, he needs space. And then he'll come back and he'll be ready. So you'll get insight into your sun, your moon, and your rising. And your rising is the sign that was literally rising on the horizon at the moment of your birth. The eastern horizon, there was a sign rising, and that is your rising sign. And there are many different branches of astrology, um, and some of them believe that your rising sign is what you're here to rise into. It's kind of giving you insight in your soul's direction and what you're rising up to or rising into. So mine's Aquarius, so it's very much about that building community and all that stuff. Astrology. Um, so that's free and you can go to astrologyhub.com slash S M R S as in sun M as in moon R as in rising. And you'll get that print out. And then, um, did you ask me another question? No. So what I was saying is then, uh, you can go into your three shiny gold nuggets once you've, uh, explained yes. what they yes. Uh, receive. Yes. Okay. One more thing on the sun, moon, and rising report. If after you get it, you're like, God, I'd love to talk to an astrologer and like get more because there's way more to your chart than just the sun, moon, and rising. Um, then you'll be uh, guided to our reading platform where you can connect with amazing astrologers. We match you with the right astrologer for the area of life that you're most interested in relationships, career, you know, whatever. So you can check that out. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, three shiny gold nuggets. The first one is that you are literally as unique as your fingerprints. Your astrology chart is proof of that. That based on where you were that very specific moment in time, there is no one like you that has ever come before. And there is no one like you that will ever come again. It is actually... It is mathematically impossible, and you are a very specific incarnated being. That's one. Number two, you have something to offer to the world that is very unique to you. It is in your design. It is in that seed of who you are, and discovering it is both fruitful and exhilarating, and it does it does require the shedding of everything that you're not everything that you've been told that you are everything that you've tried to be every everything that you think you should be that all has to go in order for you to really truly embody that purest height that expression of you right and the third The third is that the process of discovering yourself is at times that sort of gut-wrenching moment, but in the end, extraordinarily joyful, extraordinarily empowering, extraordinarily um, magical. It's There is a magical process that 
that that happens and you are not separate from the magic of nature or the universe you are it so enjoy the ride I think is is what I would say as my third Wow, I love all three and I've got goosebumps. Thank you so much for uh, sharing those with us. And um, where do you hang out the most? What's up? Where do you hang out the most? Instagram or where do you hang out? I mean, we'll have all the links in the show notes, but where do you hang out the most? I hang out the most on my podcast. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, so we have our weekly astrological weather where I talk to a different astrologer and we talk about the energy of the week. I interview different astrologers. Um, so the Astrology Hub podcast and on our YouTube channel as well. And I was just going to say, if you don't know your birth time, actually that a lot of people, like about 20% of the people don't know their birth time. There are certain things that you can't get super specific on, but you still can get a ton of amazing information. Just use 12 p.m., which is like in the middle of the day. If you know it was at night, then use a night like an like a 8 p.m. If you know it was in the morning, you could use 8 a.m. or even earlier. But the best thing to do is try to uncover your birth time. That's like, if you can get that, it's definitely worth it because the information is super specific. But if you don't have it, you still can glean so much insight and so much awareness. And there are astrologers who who can help you discover your birth time by working backwards from key moments of your life. It's an amazing process. But So there's hope for you. You're not left out of the party. You still can get a lot of information from astrology. And uh, yeah, just starting with that free Sun, Moon, Rising report is a great place. Catherine, this has been so much fun. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to get you back on the show. I didn't even know you could do that because I normally say just ring up the hospital if if, if you don't have a birth certificate to find out a time. But I didn't know that you could actually, uh, an astrologist can actually work. That's amazing. Yeah, it's called it's chart called chart rectification. And so they'll take key moments of your life, like the birth of a child, your house burned down, graduation, got fired from a job, got a new promotion, you know, those like big points in time. And then they can map it backwards because there's only so many possibilities, you know, within a day. If you know the day and you know the location, then the time you can actually like deduce uh into a specific time frame what it probably was based on those events which is amazing this is where it's like it's mind-blowing how the universe works it is absolutely we're going to definitely have to get you to come back on the show Amanda I can't thank you enough for sharing your wealth of wisdom your time your energy and you are dynamic can I just say like I've been in awe listening and watching you speak really dynamic so thank you so very much Thank you so much, Catherine. I, I, I do think that we are dynamic. Like we you, humans are super dynamic. And part of it is just understanding what those dynamics are. I am so grateful for the time, Catherine. I'm so grateful we've met each other and that I've gotten to spend this time with your community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. 
If you have been a long-time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you, content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.